The following program may contain views, ideas, and opinions that have been produced by the hosts and their guests and are not reflective of Quixie 98.3 or Skytower Communications. For questions, comments, and concerns, email us at news at wqxe.com. Good morning and welcome to the program. I'm Zach Epperson. March the 6th, the day that will long be remembered by Kentuckians, the day that COVID-19 pandemic came to our state. The day a year ago that Governor Andy Bashir confirmed the first case of the virus in the Commonwealth. And today we look back on the past year and what we've learned from the pandemic, what we know now, and looking ahead to the future. And to do that, we have on a great guest Ms. Terry Bergen, the Public Information Officer with the Lincoln Trail District Health Department. Terry, always great having you on. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. It's, it's good to talk to you. It's been a while, so uh, good to talk to you, Zach. I know it has been part a... of my routine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we email each other. It's 2 o'clock every time on whatever That's day. That's right. <laughs> um, so I, ha- I have you on uh, today to talk about, you know, here it is, uh, March the 6th, Kentucky, a year ago, it's hard to believe, uh, first confirmed case of COVID-19. Uh, and so this is kind of a, you know, a, a looking back on this past year of COVID-19 and, and what, what we knew, what we didn't know, and what we've learned. Um, so the first thing I've got for you is, um, you know, when we're here, you know, like I said, a year from the first case, uh, what preparations uh, were you all making in the weeks uh, before we got that first case? Obviously, you knew it was it was not a matter of, if I remember right, it's not a matter of if, it's just when, right? Right. It was a matter of when it would reach Kentucky. And, you know, we started preparing for uh, this when we first learned of the seriousness of it in China. And so some of the things that we start putting into place, we, uh, one, of, one of the things that our director did is she um, um, uh, um, opened up, I don't, I don't think open is the word, but she set up, set up our emergency operations center. So we had uh, PIO, so public information, clinical, uh, um, uh, admin, all of that in the same room so that we can identify what plans we need to do put in place risk communications we need to do going forward and how we need to prepare the community for when the virus would reach the borders of the state and enter the borders of the state. We started sending out and educating the public on what was coming, uh, providing as much information as possible. We met with community partners. So I'm talking about detention centers and long-term care facilities and those others who are in congregate settings to look at their plans, to review their plans, to, to help them come up with plans as far as what would happen once a case entered into their facility and what to do after that. Uh, we, we, even though we did not have testing capability at the time, we were looking at uh, how we could potentially, once it did become available, get as many people tested as possible. As you know, Lincoln Trail District Health Department was one of the pilot sites for uh, testing within the state of Kentucky, and we continue to do that today. Um, our role has increased, so it evolved from preparation to testing to education to vaccination. Now we're vaccinating individuals to help protect them from COVID. And all along this journey, we've had to learn things as we go. This virus was not even here uh, December of 2019 is when we first learned about it. 
So you led right into my question, which is great timing. You know, going back to uh, when you all were preparing and you opened up the uh, the preparedness centers and everything. What did you know about the virus at that point? What we know is that it, what we knew at that time was that it was very contagious, that it was uh, it, that it was it had a very high more mortality rate or fatality rate at the time. Um, that we 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 didn't know if you know remember at the beginning. Um, if we should even wear masks because we it was just that new um so we were what we did know is what has worked in the past what worked in the past with the the, the influenza in 1918 that if you separate people um hence the six feet if you wash your hands we know that these things work and so we relied on those things to help us get through those first months uh, of COVID-19 and as we learn more we discovered yes the masks work they do protect and they do there's science to back that up now and we didn't have a vaccine and and it's a miracle because you know vaccine preparation and trials can take up to 70 months less than a year we have a COVID vaccine uh, that we can put in the arms of people to help protect them. Is there, are there things that we're still learning about COVID, the COVID vaccine? Yes, that's why we're encouraging people to continue to wear their masks, physically distance, and, and um, um, wash their hands often. But the news that is coming out about the vaccine uh, is encouraging. So we're hoping that we will finally get to a point where we can hug our family members again, be within close distance of our uh, friends. And, and, and uh, we're hoping that the year 2021 will be more of a year, uh, less of a year of isolation and more of a year of people returning and hugging and, 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 and being around those, uh, those social supports that we so need as humans. I want to go back for a second. You you had talked about you know how you all there, Lincoln Trail District Health Department, uh, were were planning and talking amongst uh, one another to get ready for this. If if you know what were the talks like uh, with state officials? Obviously, you know uh, our state was right there in the front and and meeting this head on. Uh, what were the talks like coming down from state officials? So our our talk initial talks were had a lot to do with the testing. So, you know, because in the beginning, all of it was through the state. So getting those, making sure that individuals are tested so that we can get them diagnosed and quarantined or isolated as soon as possible to prevent further spread. It was all about containment in the beginning. How do we uh, lessen the impact of this disease? And one of the ways that we knew how to do that was to try to contain it through isolation and quarantine of those individuals who were diagnosed or who were close contacts of those individuals who were confirmed cases. And, uh, and, 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 and in doing that, mitigating the spread of the virus. You know, you talked early on about what you knew uh, at the beginning uh, of the virus, you know, the initial um, points of information. Now that we're a year uh, past that. What do we know about it now? Is there any new developments that maybe, you know, the, the health, community, health, health and medical community uh, were surprised by, didn't know about, uh, any, any kind of things like that? The variant. You know, we know that viruses mutate all the time. But I think what is, um, I think after fighting this for over a year, to hear that there are these variant strains of COVID that is in the, uh, that are now circulating, it can be a little disheartening for people, you know, but 
what we know is that, um, you know, the, the information is still out there. The vaccine may be a good weapon even against the variant. The Johnson & Johnson one, um, when they were doing their clinical trials, they were, their clinical trials were, were done in such an, a way that they came in contact. I don't know any other way to say this with some of the forms of the variant. So, um, you know, th that particular vaccine can assist with that. Not saying that the other ones will not, it's just that Johnson & Johnson uh, had that a part, as a part of their clinical trials. Um, so I think the fact that it is, is we're continuing to learn the variants uh, uh, are, I think, the biggest thing to date that we're trying to tackle. We don't want to see a surge in cases because of this. And I'm hoping that the more people we can get immunized, that will help to uh, mitigate some of that uh, increase in cases. Uh, you know, I want to move on now. We talked earlier about, you know, one of the one of the things you all did know about was that, you know, th there was a, a high fatality rate, I believe is what you said, um, with the virus. You know, we look now, I believe it was last week, we crossed the threshold of 500,000 Americans uh, dead uh, due to COVID-19. Um, did the health medical community, did they ever think that we would hit that mark? Well, I don't know. If you listen to Mr. Fauci, he has been a voice for... Uh, or he has been really good at kind of laying out what could potentially happen with COVID-19 from the very beginning. If you've been listening to him uh, and, and that public health guidance, you know, the Centers for Disease Control, and then uh, Mr. Fauci, you know, this should not have come as, as a surprise. It should not really have been that much of a surprise. Uh, so if we, it, so to answer your question, not really. Got it. Um, you mentioned earlier some of those early steps you all took, uh, and one of them educating the public. And you know, obviously, that's that's uh, it's your job. You know, getting out there and informing the public, letting them know. Um, what would you say was that part of the most difficult part of your job early on? Was informing the public, or you know, keeping people calm as this was uh, was um, starting to occur? What would you say was probably the most difficult part in the beginning? I think the most difficult part was not being able to answer a lot of the questions because it was so new. And so because of that, we tried to inform as best we could. And I think it, it served us well. Kentucky did really well, especially with the governor's mandates. If you look to some of our neighbors to the north and south, their cases are a lot higher than ours. But because of the mandates that the governor put in place that, that align with public health recommendations, I think it saved a lot of lives. I really do. Um, but we could only tell you what we could tell you at the time, what we knew. And unfortunately, because of that, still some of that lingers with us in the sense that I, I've, I hear even today, you know, even though we have the data now to, to, that demonstrates that masks work, people will say, you know, I don't know what to believe. One time you, some, we heard in the beginning that there was no mask and now there is mask. And we also have individuals who go, who believe that COVID does not exist no matter what information you provide them. All we can do is educate to the best of our ability with the data that we have at the time. And then once that data becomes, uh, goes through rigorous studying and we know more, we educate more. So I think the toughest part has been, uh, the fact that the virus is so new and 
we had to educate with the small amount of information that we had, but I think it served us well. I really do. Well, you all have done a terrific job at it, too, I might add. Uh, a couple more questions for you. Uh, recently, I saw on Twitter there was a trend uh, with people sharing the moment that they knew that, you know, life as they knew it, you know, everyday life uh, was changing. Do you have a similar moments or anything that, that sticks out in your mind where you, it suddenly hits you that, you know, th- this is, everything's changing now? I think the biggest impact was when, <laughs> when we started telling people, please don't visit your family and friends. If you can do it over Zoom, uh, if you can do a virtual gathering, please do that. That, I think, and, and that and the rise in cases that warranted the separation from family. There's a couple of things here. I want to I kind of lump it all together. It was kind of like, you know, the three things I always tell you about, wear the mask, wash your hands, and physically distance. Those three things are probably the banner for when things were not this things have changed and not gonna be the same for a while because you were required to separate from your family. Those individuals not in your household. You were required to wear a mask when you go out in public. You go to church, you couldn't hug people anymore because you had to maintain that physically distance. It required us to change our behavior in order to survive this. And because of that, that's when we know, that's when we knew things were probably not gonna be the same for a while. Last thing I have for you, uh, again, Terry Bergen with the Lincoln Trail District Health Department, uh, always a great guest to have on the show. Um, you know, we've looked back at this past year, and we've talked a little bit about what, what's going on right now, but let's look to the future. Uh, you know, based on everything we're seeing, you know, uh, is there a, you know, a relative idea of when, you know, we might be able to kind of look at each other and go, all right, you know, we're getting past this, or, or are we at that point right now? When they developed the, the vaccine, um, Zach, that was the light. We could, we could start see the light. We could start, we were beginning to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Now there are more and more vaccines that are onboarding. And I think as soon as we get as many people possible immunized and vaccinated, again, it will help to mitigate the spread of COVID. So for us, um, if, if you look at public health, uh, the vaccine, I can't explain, explain the joy that was felt in this room when we, when we realized that we were going to get vaccine the first week of December, right? And we could start immunizing and vaccinating our community with, uh, uh, can provide them with another weapon to, prevent, to potentially defeat this virus. There was such joy and such a sense of hope. And I am hoping that our communities feel the same way. We have a high demand for the vaccine. We really do. We have individuals calling in, especially our 70 and older population. I have never seen a more grateful population to get the vaccine. (laughs) And they are so nice to deal with. They're so grateful and so thankful when we can get them an appointment. Um, Most of them have been living in their homes for the majority of the past year. And so some of the stories that I'm hearing are, are, are like, uh, if this will allow me to go, to make, give me a little bit more confidence to go out into the community, whereas I've been at home for the majority of the, of the past year. It gives people hope, not just public health, but other, other individuals as well. It gives them hope that maybe um, we are beginning to see this tide turn and we may go back to I think it's still going to be a new normal, Zach. I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. But uh, 
at least we won't have to see our families through a window pane or through a door screen. We may be able to actually um, to get in, getting back to maybe hugging a folks a few of our our close relatives. That would be absolutely wonderful. It absolutely would. Again, Terry Bergen, Public Information Officer with the Lincoln Trail District Health Department, uh, joining me today. Always a great guest and a great interview. Terry, thank you so much. Thank you, Zach. Thanks for ha thanks for having me on. For a recap of today's forum or to listen to past forums, you can go to our website, wqxe.com, and click on the Media tab. For Quixie 98.3, I'm Zach Epperson.